Have you ever had to give yourself a pep talk just to walk into a car dealership? Or have you ever thought to yourself, I can't trust car salesmen. They don't have my best interests at heart. I'm here to debunk the myths and break the stigma. Welcome to Carman Conversations, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Car Man Conversations, and we are now on to episode two, where we're going to talk about uh, inside the culture at Aspley Master and what happens a bit behind the scenes. And again, I'm joined by Rachel. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Dealership culture, it's a buzzword. Everyone wants to have dealership culture, or just culture in general, actually, in any workplace. But from me working alongside you the last few years, it's definitely something that you practice and preach. And... I guess, what is the award-winning formula for it and what, what sets Ashley Mazur apart from the rest? Um, it's a really good one. It's a really good one because culture is so often heard about and talked about is culture, you know, and you've got to improve the culture or let's get the culture right. And, but there's no, there's, there's no, you can't buy it. There's nothing you can pull off the shelf and it just work. It's something that is a, is a long-term thing um, and it's something that could go as quick as it comes. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden, you know, that, that you couldn't can have that winning culture, but with the wrong people uh, or the wrong attitude towards things, that culture can disappear as quick as it came. So it's something that is a continuation. It's something you work on all the time. I believe the culture here is due to, I guess, the passion led from the top. I've always been a big believer. The fish rots in the head down. And if you believe in the, if you've got the vision um, I guess break it down a little bit further. If you've got the right playbook and you've got the perfect game plan around something and you explain something, right, this is what we're going to do. This is what it looks like and this is what it might be for a month or 12 months or forever. But we're going to have a really, really solid game plan and it's going to be real basic so everyone understands it and we'll only speculate on that when we're in the right position. And they're basic formulas and basic disciplines. And then from that, when everyone's on the same page, you're building a culture straight away. Now, what comes along with that is an investment of everyone wanting to be a part of that journey and then loving what they do. So I often say, if you don't wake up in the morning just wanting to come to work and loving your job, you're in the wrong place. And it's fair to say that everyone loves their job, you know, and they love coming to work and they love being part of the journey. And hence why the culture is what it is, you know. Um, and when you're growing and you're performing and you're, and you're getting great results and people believe in that and they can see, well, hang on, this is... This isn't just yelled at or, or from above and this needs to be on that. It's, it's, you've, you've led by example, you know, and, um, and, and you can't dispute fact when fact is there and, and it's done from rolling up your sleeves and having a go. Um, all you can really do is follow suit. So, uh, it's a real interesting one culture and it's something that it, that there's no level to it of, uh, no, you get there and you're done. It continually grows, you know, and, and becomes deeper and becomes something that's, um, an imperative part of the dealership. And for me now, culture obviously is everything. So, um, yeah, I'm proud of it. Uh, but again, it's not something that just uh, that, that you get um, or get delivered in the post. It's something that you uh, work really hard for and it's an ongoing uh, commitment. Yeah, definitely. So I guess you're leading from the front and setting an example from the team. What is it that you do differently to other dealerships, other workplaces to really drive that culture? Um I guess I need to have a different brand or a model to everyone else. And like I said in episode one, you all have the same dealership. Like you're all selling the same product. There's nothing different and you're not buying them any cheaper. And all their dealerships, they look nice. Uh, it's about the people inside. And then if you're going to create the right people, 
uh, A, they need to believe in what you're doing. You need to be very transparent with your game plan and what your operation is or what the end game is. Um, but you've got to actually treat your staff the way that you want to be treated and then that's got to be a, a then put out to the community of this is the way we look after each other and this is what we do. So um, I've got a, um, a unique knack of not wanting to employ on necessarily experience or uh, ability, but I'm employing on personality and I'm employing on uh, moral and ethic and probably that passion and the want. And you, you can see that. And then I guess after a long time in the industry, you can, you can read people pretty well and you can pick up on the ones straight away that are, that are on the journey. They may not be the best one picked. You might interview 15 or 16 people and they may not be the smartest and they might be the, the, the quickest or the, the sharpest tool, but there's something in those people that you can see that are going to be very, very loyal to the, to the brand. They're going to be very, very loyal to the, to the, to the mantra and, the, and they're going to be loyal to your vision. And that's a buy-in straight away. And from that, you can build on. So um, that's something that we've created um, a long, long time ago. Um, and and I, I guess that derives a, a long way back from when I first started in the dealership. It, it wasn't like that. You know, and I always thought back then, like, wow, like I knew no better. And I'm thinking, this is rough. You know, you got to have the guard up all the time. Like, this is pretty tough, you know. And um, there's not a lot of love. There's not a lot of support. There's not a lot of, hang on, well, there's guidance here. It's just you, you're in there and you do your job. And if you don't, you're braided. And, and um, I always thought if I ever get that opportunity that I'll do that completely different. And um, the way I want to run is, is something that I believe in, um, that I'm going to get the benefit and the throughput from everyone. And to me... Um, my analogy from, from has always been back to, to rugby league. I've got a, a big passion for rugby league and um, the dealerships run on that way. You know, we, we, we do everything as a team. You need to have a really solid defensive line. You can't have gaps in your defensive line. You all need to be committed to that and you need to be committed to your defensive pattern. And from attack, you know, you can't attack and score a try and play one or play two. You know, you've got to put yourself in the right position on the field before you can actually... Um, to, to speculate and to speculate you need good execution and the execution is something that you coach and you train and you train and you train over and over um, very repetitious uh, but again it, it creates a really good result and creates a really good discipline so you put all these things together you add your personality you add your youth you add the, the, the game plan and I guess the analogy of putting it back to a sport and, and mine being rugby league um, that's the result we've come so it's very unique and a lot of people will sit in here for the first time when they start and go, wow, this is different. I've never experienced anything like this. And it's not something that it's a bad wow, it's an exciting wow. Mm. This is great. I want to be part of this, you know. And the other thing that I encourage people to do is that I want them to be themselves. So I don't want them to be any different. When they get out of their car in the morning, I want that person, that, that person like they are at home, like they are on a Sunday, I want them there all day because that's real. And what our customers deserve and what fellow staff members deserve is real people you know not not a not a facade or a, or a or a professional cloak put on to be someone they're not yeah great i love um that you're using your real life experience to sort of use that to train the team and um through your nrl analogies i'm sure they're very interesting i've heard a few myself um <laughs> they're always good to listen to and hopefully we'll hear one later in the season um so You've spoken about how it's your experience from your past that has led you to want to deliver the culture that you do today, which is great. And um, it all comes from the team that you hire, which we'll chat about in the next episode. So do you have any uh, any tips that you can give our listeners to recap? Um, three three things that you're doing now to promote team, uh, workplace culture? I wouldn't put it down to anything in particular. Like There's, there's three pillars that I work from. Um, apart from my, my, my cars community culture, 
are, are the three pillars that I've always run off, and that that's obviously the, the building block for the staff. We often, and it doesn't matter what it is, and and I and this is probably the best bit of the, the the advice I could give is, it's not about the cars. So we've got to forget about the cars. I know we're in a car dealership. We've got to forget about the cars, and you can't make it about dealership land. It's got to be about real life, because what we do here is what we do at home, and what we do here is what we do on a weekend, and the way we behave is the way we behave every day of the week, um, and we've got to be mindful of that. And in today's day and age, you, you just it's a connection between that and also on, on social media platforms and so on. You're, you're an extension of, of what you are. So you can't be these three or four multiple different people, can you? You know, you're one person. So what I always say to the staff is don't overcomplicate the simplest of things. What we do is very, very simple. And when I say it's simple, there's, there's a few things that we need to follow. One is to have very, very high discipline. Two is to appreciate everything we have um, and if we appreciate the little things, the big things will come. And the most important to me is remember where you come from. Mm-hmm. And these are the most important things that I look at every day um, because they're relative to what we do inside work and outside of work and how we treat the general public and how we behave around uh, external people. So, um, and, and when it comes down to those disciplines, if you have a good discipline at work, you have a good discipline at home. And that good discipline should be second nature. And if your attention to detail is quite high around uh, doing the little things right and having appreciation of all those little things you have, the big things will come naturally without you having to ask for them or be greedy or beg for them. And the third part of that is that the remembering where you came from is just true value. You appreciate where you are by thinking, well, hang on, I didn't have this opportunity until it was given to me and I need to be respectful of that and I need to be respectful of what was here before I started. And to do that, I need to know about that and invest some time into how that works to to get the full potential or give themselves the full potential of their their potential um, their wants and, and and probably their their output. So it's pretty basic, and I have to go over it over the, all the time. Don't overcomplicate the most simplest of things. And again, it's just about being good people, isn't it? It really is. Thank you for those tips, Luke. They were great. I guess. It is all about the people and from what I'm hearing from you, it's about having one vision and working towards one vision so you're all in the same playing field and, and going for it. Yeah, bang on. And I like your analogy, being on the same <laughs> field. You're good. You're getting. You're, you're catching on. I've learned um, from the best. But, you know, I, you, you often hear about this and, like, I, I don't know, we, we, we I, I meet daily with my a lot of my staff um, in different times of the day and I go over the same things a lot of the time. But I'd suggest that 90% of what I talk about is external to what we do here Mm. to make it relevant to how simple it is. Um, So I guess the overall, if there was like one common goal, that that is of of a of one vision, and and I always I remember you know the um, the old sayings is I want everyone to sing the same song and sing the same page of the hymn book and all the other one liners that come with it. But it's so true. And I know that saying's been around forever and all those things been around forever, but what we do has been around forever and it's very, very simple. So we do have one vision here and that is very, very high communication but ultimate in transparency. And that biggest transparency is creating the ultimate customer experience. And at the end of the day, all these little um, pillars all funnel up to one thing. And that one funnel thing is delivering the ultimate customer experience. Mm-hmm. And then that the derivatives from that are, you know, re- staff retention, customer retention, um, you know, buying cycles, um, and that and the five year plan that might be with guaranteed future value and everything that comes with it. Um, but to get there, 
it's it's got to be one thing, and that, and that is, I guess, that funnel leads up to the one thing, which is the ultimate customer experience. And to do that, are the things that I talked about earlier of following the little things, and they will all lead the same way. So you walk around the dealership, and there's one common goal, and that's it. We deliver the ultimate customer experience. Great, and I guess if everyone knows what they're working towards, it just makes coming to work that much easier. Well, it does. Funnel. We're all on the same game plan. It's and like I said earlier in the, in, in the episode, it's um. You've got to have a game plan for everything, and it's like a simple set of instructions, isn't it? And you can't expect, and I'll, I'll fall back onto a football analogy, you can't expect 13 players to run out in the field and just play what's in front of them. It's not an individual sport, it's a team sport. And in that team sport, you need some direction, and that, that comes from your coaches, and that, that comes from above of this is the best way to go about it, and it's a collective. So for that 80 minutes, you're playing that game. For 80 minutes, everyone knows what their job is, but everyone knows what that one game plan is. And for the same thing here, it doesn't matter what the hours, and it's 130-odd staff, they all know that one game plan. Mm. And it's not overcomplicated. You know, it's very, very simple. And it's effective and it works. I think that's a great tip. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for part one of The Winning Playbook. Um, and next week we drop the next episode, which is part two, uh, which is plenty more exciting things. And if you want to stay on that journey, follow the links in the description below.